I'm Lindsay with Wild Root Flower Company. And I'm Shannon from Bloom Hill Farm. Over the last six years, we've leaned on each other as we grew our farms into the profitable six-figure farms they are today. We want you to join us each week as we have real, honest conversations about life and business. And we promise you'll leave feeling inspired and your farming toolbox will be filled with actionable strategies you can implement at any stage in your business. Learn from our mistakes as we talk business, marketing, and growing techniques to help you create the farm of your dreams. So let's roll up our sleeves and get the dirt on flowers. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Dirt on Flowers. I have a very, very special guest <laughs> on here today. Judd's here with me today. Hello. <laughs> and um, Lindsay's taking taking this one out because Judd and I are actually talking about a new phase of our farm. So you might have seen on our Instagram, if you follow us on Instagram over at Bloom Hill Farm, you have seen like right before Christmas, before the holiday yeah, right shop. Christmas, yeah. So like late November, we announced that we purchased another farm. And that mostly we, I was having my holiday shop in there. So we were kind of at a rush to get that up and announced and everything. Mm-hmm. So um, right now, you know, we're just getting the time now to sit down and really dedicate time to that. And that's where this episode comes with because you guys have given us so many questions about what is that going to look like? How did it come about? What was our thought process? And that is kind of what we're here to share with you guys today. Yep. So always our goal is to be 100% transparent. And this is going to be like the honest truth about how this all came about. And I think, you know, Lindsay and I, we always say that it's so cool that our farms, like flower farming is just such a unique a unique opportunity where it can really be what you want it to be and it be- needs to work for you. So um, this episode is going to kind of be about how we are scaling up. And I just want to make sure I don't want anybody like feeling bad. I don't want you comparing your chapter one to our chapter 10. Yeah, this is no. no. Yes. So that that's not the purpose of this is all at all. It's more just so that to give you the permission to sometimes dream a little bit bigger. A little food for thought. Yeah. 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 And just like maybe like some of our thought process as to why we made this decision and what that all looks like. Yeah. Because when we started out, we never even considered that this would be an option for us. So Mm-hmm. You know, uh, kind of showing how talking about how we've decided to move to this point is is important because, like I said, uh, you you truly never know what what the future may hold, and nice to know different options. And I would say, like, we never really did we envision like this to be our business when we first got no. started. No, <laughs> we didn't know what we were we our business was going to be when we first got started. So I think each year that the clarity came, you know, we would see what's working, what's not working, all of those things that we would just refine the business. And that's truly what, that's the difference between a year one business and a year nine business is the refinement, you know, processes, flowers, business, revenue streams, all of it. So that's kind of where we're at now. This is our ninth growing season. So you know, on the, on the thought of like sometimes, you know, in flower farming, and we talk about this too, because it it is such like a cool opportunity where you can make a higher price per acre farming. Mm -hmm. And something you could start out doing Mm -hmm. on a small scale and make money. And, you know, like Shannon was alluding to, there's the allure of flower farming is you can do it on a small amount of acreage. 
you know, you don't need, you can start, you don't need a lot of infrastructure starting out and stuff like that. And that's honestly what drew us into it, yeah. you know, and we were just thinking worst case scenario, we'd have some beautiful flowers in the backyard. <laughs> so, you know, I, we understand uh, and, and appreciate that the uh, barrier of entry, so to speak with uh, flower farming. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's, there's not one way to do it. And that's yeah. what makes it an amazing, uh, cool industry to be in. Yeah. And I think, you know, because of because of that, the nature of our business is that there's a lot of, you know, people are like, how do I stay small or, you know, is small farming is where it's at. And I, I agree with that. If that is what you want for yourself and you need to keep it small for whatever reasons, your life circumstances, that is the beauty of what we do. Mm-hmm. You can do that. And everyone's farm is going to look different. And for us, we've just kind of never wanted it to be small. Yes. Right? I mean, we've always had bigger dreams beyond what our first initial start was. Well, I think initially we were just trying to meet customer demand, you know, and continuing to grow more for the meet customer demand. And then we get to a certain point and you're, you get like more creative about what you truly want it to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, you know, there's a difference between gross income and what you, what your take home is. And I think sometimes there could be a blurred line starting out and confusion with that. And once you start seeing how much gross you need to make to actually make a good income, you know, mm-hmm. there is a push for you know, growing more. Yeah. And in our circumstance in particular, we're supporting our family and we're supporting both of our incomes now that we're full time. And we have always kind of felt like, Hey, we, this wouldn't, this business would not be worth continuing if we were just going to make like $50,000 a year Mm -hmm. income, you know, from it, take home pay for Jed and I. So that was never something that, you know, we, wanted obviously if that was a step you know but that's where this the need to grow more came from yeah you know we never thought we would quit our full-time jobs initially right. when we started that wasn't like honestly it wasn't even on our wavelength you know we just started it as like a way to make extra money on the mm-hmm. farm and keep our jobs that was the that was the initial plan mm-hmm. so the, and that's what all this is about when we talk about this today is you know, there's where you're at and then there's where you could possibly go. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing we can take out of what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. I think in in an industry where like the smallness of keeping it small is kind of like glamorized a little yeah. bit. And agriculturally speaking, yeah, we're actually still very small. You know, most farms are hundreds of acres and most you know, people are doing thousands of acres, even veggie guys. There's veggie, veggie farms near us that are 300, 500 acres. And, you know, us this year, we did uh, about 13 acres of cut flowers. And that sounds like a lot to some people, but (laughs) agriculturally speaking, we are small potatoes still. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So I think, you know, if, if anything, if you are somebody like has that like itch in your belly to to be bigger, to do bigger things than what you're doing. Like, mm-hmm. I really like want to give you permission that that that's okay. You know, you're allowed to think bigger, want a bigger dream. So it's okay to want more money. I mean, we're entrepreneurs. Like, that's making money is why we do this. And if we don't have profitable farms that grow enough product to create the income that we need, then why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. So I really hope that this gives you like the a little bit of the okay to to want bigger for yourself if that's something that you want and to show you that it's possible. Yes. Okay. So 
let's get let's back up a little bit because I think it's important that we talk about how we got here. So just like a very base, you know, where we started and where we're at now. Yeah. Uh, personally, when we started, Shannon and I, we just moved into our property here. It was five acres. We had about two acres of tillable. And we thought that was like all the space in the world. We literally bought our house. Shannon had our, th- we had our third baby in three years. Yeah. And we had other full-time jobs. So we did a quarter of an acre. And I think we only made like $10,000. Maybe, maybe $10,000 our first yeah. year. And we, we thought, didn't know what we were doing. We thought that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, we did. And, you know, again, it's all expectations. We were just trying to see if this was a thing or not. Mm-hmm. And we had kids and, you know, we wanted to be available for them plus make a little bit of money. So, again, as our lives have changed personally, then the farm evolves. It's kind of like this thing that can, can, can uh, grow with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, you know, just starting from that point, you know, that first year gave us the boost that we needed to know that we wanted to keep going and saw some some glimmer of potential in the business. So over the next four to five years, we added three greenhouses, um, two of which through an NRCS uh, grant. And one <laughs> I put in the notes here, I had to laugh because I was writing these yeah. when I was feeling tired. I said, uh, you know, one Craigslist special greenhouse we should have known it was bad right. when the guy drove two hours to deliver it to us. Like it was some, <laughs> like it was poisonous. He's like, yeah, you can, you can buy this it. and I'll deliver it. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. we joke about it. That's like kind of like our running yeah. thing. Never that, doing that again. But you know what? Honestly, that greenhouse has made us a lot of money. So still going. Still, still. it still has not toppled even with the recent winds. <laughs> so it's a miracle. Um <laughs> Okay, so year five of our farm was when we earned enough money and felt completely terrified, but felt that it was the right next step is that we wanted to expand the farm. We had um, an additional nine acres that was adjacent to our property, like Mm -hmm. right behind our growing area um, that was not for sale, but there was a guy who owned it who lived on the street, one of the streets near us. And after a, mm-hmm. after years of harassment, he finally gave in to sell that to us. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and as a point of reference too, Shannon and I, we had to keep our jobs to starting this out because we had a mortgage here and we, we had, yeah. we had bills to pay. This was in family land, you know, so we got the five acres, we made that work and we were fortunate enough that there was nine acres behind us. And then we, Shannon wrote a lot of, and Shannon and I wrote a lot of handwritten letters to this person, harassment. Yeah. And it was kind of crickets. And then all of a sudden one day we just got a phone call saying, mm-hmm. yo, we're ready, we're ready to sell it. And yeah. we're like. And it kind of worked out. So it's like everything always works out. Cause at that point we were more ready for it than we would have been the year before, or even when we bought it, like there was, there was two, you know, one or two years of like transitioning into that space, mm-hmm. um, figuring out what that was going to look like for us. So. At that time, up until that point, um, we had processed all of our flowers in that little extra garage, which is now our flower studio. We had no barn. We were running the irrigation from our home. And up until that point, so year 2020, um, we had approximately like $135,000 in gross sales for Mm -hmm. that year. So with the purchase of the back nine acres, about every year, we added an additional $100,000 of gross sales as mm-hmm. we refined our growing processes and 
we continue to explore new sales outlets. Yes. Yes. And like, you know, all our, all our sales outlets have been kind of like organic. Mm -hmm. You know, originally we started and, uh, we were just selling out of our our driveway here with a, like a canopy and we went to a couple markets. Then we went to farmer's markets. Then we added the roadside stand. Then we added bouquet subscription. Then, you know, we added grocery stores and, you know, we just keep, and then people wanted to do on-farm events. And it's just like, all these things have been kind of like just listening to the pulse of our customers about what they want. And uh, so, yeah, it's just, you just kind of, you kind of feel all these things that we just kind of felt like it was the right, the right time mm-hmm. to make the next step. Yeah. And I think this year, so when I say, sorry, this year, I mean, I mean, 2023 was the year that Judd and I were both full time on the farm with no other distractions. And we dedicated our time, a hundred percent of our time to growing the farm. And we really got to see the firsthand impact of what dedicating all of our time and energy to that farm, how it in, impacted the income of the farm and the long-term trajectory of the farm Mm -hmm. that became, that was like so eye opening to us. And we're like, wow, we just saw the farm so much more clearly. And because we weren't running, I mean, sometimes we were running around with chickens with our heads cut off, but generally we had a little bit more clarity and we're able to talk to our customers and see the farm through a new lens and really understand what they were looking for. So 2023, clarity year. We're like, wow, okay, mm-hmm. this can really be something. And I think that's the year where we really we were really like, okay, ask ourselves some questions and you can do this on your farm too. So it's like, wow, what do my customers say that they love? You know, what do they say they want more opportunities to purchase or do or what what are the things that you're hearing over and over again? And then on the flip side of that, what are the things that you enjoy and what do you want more of? You know, we kind of, we always talk in here like, mm. okay, how do we, how do we do, do more of the things that light us up? And then there's things that completely drain us. You know, how do we do less of that and then figure out how to make money doing, <laughs> doing what lights us up? And really for us, the clarity piece in 2023 was that generally we were seeing that people are spending more money and they're connecting with the farm when they get to experience the farm. There's a natural curiosity to what we do mm-hmm. and, you know, people want to see it. They want to experience it. And, you know, just people are so engaged when they're here and we really enjoy that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, and what we've liked, like, you know, I was originally talking about how our kids were young. Now our kids are getting a little older and so our family needs have changed. It's not like, you know, we have to be available for naps and, you know, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, our kids have like more after school events, but, you know, as our family has evolved, our farm has evolved and it's been like a really beautiful thing. And, uh, just see, listening to our customers, seeing what our customers are interested in and, uh, also being kind of true to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And also just like, we haven't really felt like there's been anything that we offer as far as sales uh, outlets that have been like tapped out. Like, yeah, we, like we haven't really felt of. like we've hit the limit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's also been a, like a, a reason for us to continue to want to meet that demand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we decide in 2023 that we want to have more people on our farm, that the experience is how we're connecting with our customers and our customers are in turn spending more money because they are a connecting with Judd and I and the farm staff Mm -hmm. and they're connecting with our flowers. So they seek out our flowers in new ways. So once we made that decision, 
we think, okay, how can we keep capitalizing on that, Mm -hmm. um, the experience that our farm provides? And on top of that, you know, we were experiencing on the flip side, that's all the good, but we were also experiencing some of the, the, what I would call like the not so great things about having people on your farm, which is that we, our home is at our farm. So for us there, we just wanted our home back. Yeah. 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 And most of you have never been to our farm, but our farm uh, is long and skinny. It's 14 acres. It basically goes from our front street Hoover to our back street is right Avenue or excuse me, right road. And our property goes up. Right. And if you're in our house, you can't see our whole flower field. <laughs> you can't see any of the flowers. And so our, all our neighbors benefit from all the flowers. I think it's kind of funny. Yeah. But we also had a lot of issues with trying to control, not even control, just like trying to get people to, to not, to not trespass mm-hmm. uh, whenever they want, you know, like we've hundreds of people have, you know, shown up here and it's good that people are excited. Generally, Everybody comes here with good intentions because yeah. they're here to see flowers. It's not, I don't know. It's like, I've never felt for my safety. It's just, you know, for us, we're trying to capitalize on the excitement of it. Yeah. Is that a good way? And yeah. also give us like some uh, moments to relax, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. It's more like, yeah, we just want to be able to relax. Yeah. Really. Have a few more boundaries with our customers too, which I think will make everybody a lot, mm-hmm. a lot happier. So it's like, okay, so we want to add more people. So how does that affect our family, our privacy? Um, what does that look like? It's like, are we're like, okay, you know, we're at the point where it's like flower farming is, is our careers. Like that's what we're doing forever mm-hmm. until we decide to retire. Yes. <laughs> and does this fit the long-term vision for what we want having it on our home? And I guess, you know, for us, like that answer was no. No. We don't want the experience to be at our home all the time. So at that point, we felt like financially the farm was doing amazing. We had the most profitable year we've ever had. And we're like, how do we find another farm. So that basically got us going thinking about finding another expansion property um, where just to give you guys a little idea where we're at, we're kind of semi-rural. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in a little rural section, but we, I can go to Target. You know, I'm like yeah, 10 minutes away from 10 Target. 10 minutes from Target. Um, we're in Northeast Ohio, an hour south of Cleveland. We're pretty, uh, pretty close. I would say five to 10 minutes from like a major interstate. Mm-hmm. Um, we're like 20 minutes from Akron, 20 minutes to Canton, two hours to Pittsburgh. You know, uh, we're, we're kind of rural, but at the same yeah. time, we know, we there are some bigger uh, population centers around where we live. Yeah. And the reality of land prices in our area is that the reality is, is that developments are gobbling up old farms that are selling mm-hmm. and allotments are being put in or people are purchasing, you know, five to 10 acre properties and building very big houses on those. So land around us is generally expensive. So it's like we had to take that into account, like, you know, plus like proximity to our farm, like how far away do we want our other farm to be? And so really we just more like kind of put our antennas up looking for other opportunities, knowing that we were going to be looking for that. Even like uh, storage, we need some like more storage, especially uh, as our Dahlia business continues to grow. Mm -hmm. We have two walk-in coolers that we utilize now, but even those, those are, you know, getting full, getting full at the current pace we're at right now. Um, so we were looking also for like another storage facility, um, 
for tubers for for dye tubers and some equipment and uh we got a lot of questions uh i mean a lot of questions about weddings too yeah and yeah. having more like on farm events mm-hmm. you know baby showers and stuff like that mm-hmm. and uh we just felt like our farm wasn't suited yeah for weddings yeah yeah and if you if you've been to our home farm like we have we have a neighbor who's like wonderful but he is right along the edge of the farm and he lives there he lives he does he lives there he chainsaws things at inappropriate times <laughs> he's got dogs to bark you know dogs he bark, honestly yeah. he's and, and, living, that's, that's, and that's that fine. is more than fine he yeah. lives there he's allowed to live there but um you know i feel like you're if you're gonna have some events where people are gonna you know be willing to pay that kind of money that they, mm-hmm. it, there should be um certain things that you shouldn't have to deal with and also yeah. for him you know he shouldn't have people get married right outside his garage you know right which yeah. is understandable. privacy for everybody yeah. So um, we put our antennas up and we started looking for a possible expansion property. So we just got really clear and like why we wanted to do this. So the number one reason, and and if you're like thinking about this for your farm, I really kind of want you to think about these two, you know, why do we want to do this? So as new competition is always going to arise, like I see it all the time in the insiders group, like another flower farm opened up, you know, right down mm-hmm. the road for me, like that is going to happen. And for us, like the longevity of our business, our number one goal is really to create like a lifestyle and flower brand through Bloom Hills. So I want more eyes on my business and I need to be the person in my community where if they think of flowers, they're going to think of Bloom Hill. So I'm really trying to get that brand recognition up mm-hmm. um, so that they keep wanting to purchase flowers from us. And we don't want them to come to us and be like, oh, I'm sorry, we're sold out. You know, we want to make sure we could continue to meet demand. Yes. And never be, you know, we would never have to turn anybody away mm-hmm. per se. Yeah. And have the highest attention to quality. Yes. So those are kind of our two our two main goals. And then beyond that, and even as you might think about, you know, what does the long term look like for your flower business? For us, an important thing is to establish varied revenue streams. Mm-hmm. So that's something that an expansion farm could offer us is other ways to make money besides physically selling flowers. Mm-hmm. So another thing that we saw on our farm this past year was that when people are creating memories and experiences on your farm, it places your business in that moment with them forever. And that's a really cool thing to be a part of. And it just creates that connection and that bond with your business. And as like the Walmarts and like all the big, the the less connection of the things that we buy gets bigger. Mm-hmm. I think that that connectedness is a really important piece. And we try, want to try um, to be kind of ahead of our game and keeping, finding new ways to connect with our customers. So that expansion farm would essentially be, you know, a place dedicated to that. Um for our customers. Um, and then last but not least, and this is sometimes it's not talked about, but mm-hmm. in the agritourism space, there the marketing that comes, the organic marketing that comes from having people on your farm is completely unmatched, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. They're taking pictures. They're tagging your farm. They're sharing it on social. Um, you're there sharing it with people just like them who are going to be good customers, ideal customers. It is really the marketing is so good. When when our festival, when we have festivals and stuff at our current farm, um the amount of tags and new new followers and new people seeing having eyes on our business is I I it, it is nothing compared to anything else that we do. Mm-hmm. So, as a marketing tactic, it's amazing. Would you agree? Absolutely. <laughs> and like for us, we want 
it to feel substantial. Mm-hmm. Uh, we feel like that's very important. You know, we originally were on this property, we were going to have like a, a separate you pick field. Yeah. But we also like, I don't know, it was just something like we felt like it would feel as big and people don't want to feel like they're pit, like struggling to pick flowers. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. People in general, I mean, this, this goes with your you pick field. This goes with your farm stand setup, but people like when it feels abundant. They nobody wants to pick the last flower. Nobody wants to pick up the last bouquet. Abundance is is a way to draw in customers. So we always just continue to let people into our production fields because mm-hmm. that was the wow factor. Um, that was the wow factor. So what we had always done, we just you know calculated additional flowers into our crop plan to that people were going to pick. So we were both picking out of the same spot. Mm-hmm. So. We have our antennas up. We're looking for a property and a property that is like one minute down the street. One mile, exact. One mile. Yeah. Started all of a sudden having signs up like for sale by owner. Mm -hmm. And we were like, huh, okay, that's that's interesting. So we got in contact with the guy. I turns out I actually knew the guy. He hired me to (laughs) to bartend years, years, years ago Mm -hmm. in college. Super nice. And that piece of property had uh, 15 acres, a beautiful event barn that he utilized for all of his friends, family. Yeah, it's a century barn. Mm-hmm. It's over 100 years old. Mm-hmm. And it had a little cottage, which is very cute. And it had a heated pole barn. Yeah, it's like a like a 30 by 50 mm-hmm. by 16 tall mm-hmm. pole barn that's insulated. Yeah. So for the average farmer who's like doing row crops or doing cattle, 15 acres uh, at a barn set up for weddings and a pole barn. Yeah. And it's not going to be alluring to them. But for us, it hit like... It, it, yeah. It just, Every pain point that we were having in the yes. business, it hit. So the need for some possibly some more production land or some land devoted to you pick. The heated space for Dahlia tuber storage and equipment storage. The, a small house. At the time, we were thinking for offices... But adding to that experience piece, we're going to make that an Airbnb. And then the event barn, not for is our weddings in the long term mm-hmm. plan. Yes, but not right now. But we we need a workshop space. I mean, our workshops were generally in our equipment barn. So I was trying to make that feel mm-hmm. cuter than it really than it really could feel. You know, that's like our workspace. So it gave us an opportunity to separate the retail customer facing space from the work dirty space. Mm-hmm. And we weren't constantly cleaning up the dirty space to try and make it retail focusing and all of that. So it kind of gave a home for that customer facing space for workshops, festivals, you know, different makers and creators coming in and doing events mm-hmm. or classes. So we're kind of seeing that as like a community piece. So through the FSA and and I know I think Lindsay and I in the fu- in the future are going to be doing a an episode on FSA loans. Mm-hmm. But we in in our county, and I'm not sure if everybody has this, but it'd be worth exploring. But mm-hmm. in a joint, it's called a joint loan program with Farm Service Agency and Consumers Bank. So your Farm Service Agency might work with another agriculture lender to mm-hmm. do this, but it's basically a split funding program. So the purchase price of the property is split half and half with FSA and the other half through a more traditional banker. And in our case, it was Consumers Bank. So through that joint financing program, we purchased the new farm. Mm -hmm. So 
in the FSA, you know, she'll go into it in more detail, but even now with the current uh, mortgage rates, it has like a very low very percentage low. rate, mm-hmm. significantly lower mm-hmm. and has uh, annual terms yep. instead of monthly pay, which is also nice. We really like that also. Mm-hmm. So um, we did use that to purchase FSA to purchase the our back, back parcel property too, yep. and our barn and put our well in. And uh, then we also went back to them for the new par- new parcel. Yeah. So now we've gotten to the point where we've been able to procure the new, we have the new, (laughs) the new space right down the road from us. And now we're sitting here in January recording this for you. All of the planning and work that's going into making that what it needs to be year one is happening. So for us, like what, what does it look like? So it's going to be kind of what we're calling like an experience type farm. We're still kind of trying to figure out the right word for that, but mm-hmm. it'll be a you pick experience farm. So mm-hmm. we'll have like festivals, events, workshops. We're having like kids, uh, kids workshops and mm-hmm. stuff there. We're going to be utilizing the little cottage as an Airbnb, the barn rental. We're renting it for baby showers and parties, anniversary parties, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. The weddings is in the three to five year plan. Um, that That is a whole nother business venture. Um, so right now we're just getting used to the barn and figuring out what that, what that feels and looks like. And at, so and we're going to be so like this is the first year in in our new property where we're doing our tulip you pick so we did plant around fifty thousand tulips for yeah. <laughs> tulip you pick yes um so we're going to be trialing that um and just learning about the farm you know really like we don't know how hot the barn is in July and we're just figuring all that stuff out so this year is going to be kind of an exploratory year and mm-hmm. learning a lot about what the farm looks is going to look like. So yeah, that's kind of like the big dream over there. Yeah, and it's a, it's only a mile down the road, so yeah. I can drive my tractor. Currently, uh, right now we're currently a one tractor farm, and we're and we're basically going to try to push it, mm-hmm. like we do with everything else, where we're going to try yeah. to push it to you know we feel like equipment wise, we do we need to add another one to make things easier. You know, we're we're still feeling that out. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, as far as like the you know the equipment wise, I feel like generally speaking, we have everything covered. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like, you know, I think we're, I think we're looking at like a boom sprayer, but Mm -hmm. it's like generally like we feel like we could continue to meet the need on both farms with one tractor, but you know, we're, we're going to play that by ear. We're going to wait until we feel Mm -hmm. the pinch versus, you know, over get on equipment and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. Shannon and I, we always try to stay lean and mean with everything. So. Yeah, so the the general plan is that the home farm will still have some annual and maybe like tuber, like certain certain dahlias maybe that are in tuber production, mm-hmm. just tuber only production at the home farm. Um, we're going to keep annuals that we use for like our wholesale customers and florists at the home farm, and then we're going to be planting the field over there for you pick. And we're we're planting most of our dahlia crop over there, mm-hmm. um, so there is going to be we're still picking out of that field, but it'll have more of a focus on you pick. So we'll be picking out of it less than like what we were. In 2023, you know? yeah, because we would have one day of Dahlia Fest here, and I mean, we would have 50, you know, over 1,500 people using yeah. our farm, and it was we kind of started. That's another thing we kind of started feeling the strain of you picks mm-hmm. there on uh, when people would show up, and it's just like okay, and then we have florist orders the next day, mm-hmm. and our field is has more green than color, yeah, and you know, so we started feeling that again. That that's pinch. Yeah. that was a pinch we felt, and we're like okay. As crazy as it is, we have 13, like this year we did 13,000 dahlias. Mm-hmm. 
and and one day at Diet Fest, people would wiped us clean. It would it'd and, pick us pretty good. Yeah, and then and then we we had to cancel the grocery diets for that week mm-hmm. because they didn't have enough time to recover and for us to be able to cool enough for the grocery diets. So we're like, oh, we hated that. Again, missing money opportunities, pain points. So. We will still be cutting out of the other field when we need to, but some of like our, our go-to grocery stuff is going to be at the home farm, and we're still going to be going back and forth, but that's the goal. Long, longer-term goals in the next two to three years is to have a smaller retail barn um, where we can check people in and out for U-Picks. We're mm-hmm. still going to be probably canopy doing the canopy over there for this year to, to get some cash established and figure some things out about how the flow of people is going to happen before we pull the trigger on a building. But that will be kind of like the longer term you know, place where we would have essentially move our farm stand and officially get the customers kind of off the property mostly. Yeah. Okay. So... The funny thing is, is I know, and I had somebody t- message us the other day and be like, "So what is? What are you guys thinking? Like, how is this <laughs> going to be different? You know, if you're making a public facing farm, and um, that's a good question. We've spent a lot of time thinking about that because really, like, this farm is going to be dedicated to customer experience, mm-hmm. which is completely different than production farming. You know, so yes, you know. and it's like even again, we were talking about things we missed out on. Is there'd be times people would want to come and pick flowers during the, during the week. Mm-hmm. And we were too busy working in the field, you know? Yeah. So, you know? Yeah. 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 So, so. <laughs> it's just like, you feel all those things. Yeah. So the new farm is just going to be set up as, you know, for that purpose, for that purpose. We can totally pick flowers out of there if we needed, mm-hmm. but we want the customers to uh, have availability to it. So if you're kind of in a position where you're thinking, okay, like this is a business avenue I want to go down. I want to set up my farm for, to be more customer facing. Um, Fences, what's your saying? Fences make good. Good neighbors. Good customers. Good customers. Yeah. yeah. Fences. (laughs) Yeah. We, we heard that at a, uh, at a NAFTMA. Yeah, we went Dang. visit another agritourism farm. farm, and they basically just fencing they had a, a lot of fencing, <laughs> and it, well, it just you know gives people a route, you yeah. know, because people will walk right across the field or you know not check in with you. You know, we just want to make it abundantly clear that like, there's an entrance mm-hmm. and uh, an exit. Yeah. So some initial invents, uh, investments to make that farm be customer facing fencing, super clear signage at the road. And where to go to mm-hmm. do what. So, so we're investing in some nice signage, grass paths. We, we do do that at our home farm. We use a cover crop in our paths and mow it. Mm-hmm. We're going to be doing the same thing, but it's going to look a little bit different from our production farm because our rows are going to be shorter. At the home farm, we do 150 foot rows. These rows will be about 100, 100. feet. Mm-hmm. So it'll create like less walking to get across you know, from row to row for people. And there's going to be like a little walking space in between. So they're not walking a 200 or 150 foot row. Mm-hmm. Um, so shorter paths. And then obviously, you know, looks and the aesthetic of this farm is going to be very important. So for us, that's like landscaping it, um, making sure it's beautiful. You know, we're going to be doing like some hydrangea hedges and some pretty things to make that, to make it really stand out Mm -hmm. and pop so that we're creating a lot of beautiful space for our customers to take pictures in front of and all of that good stuff. We want it to be a beautiful place and we want it to feel upscale. Yes. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, as Jen and I kind of get a better idea of like who our ideal customer are and it, and really it's like what we doing flowers, it, it's a luxury item to buy flowers. Are we trying to make it more affordable? A hundred percent. I mean, anybody can buy a $20 bouquet and get to experience fresh flowers in their home, but there is a certain customer that has the extra money who wants to come you pick, wants to pay for that experience. And we want to make our farm just feel more approachable for those kinds of customers. Mm -hmm. And for us, it's just making it a beautiful, really like curating a beautiful place for people to come make memories, pick flowers, connect them more through farming, flower farming and Mm -hmm. farming agriculture and agriculture and all that kind of good stuff. Um, Just creating, creating a space for that. A great customer experience. And as we talked about in the beginning, you know, a lot of farms are, it's just the nature. If you live, Anywhere near civilization, those farms are going to be bought up as time goes on, mm-hmm. and they're going to—they're just going to be developed. Mm-hmm. You know, the population of the world just continuing to grow, and people are going to want a place you know that's convenient near things. Mm-hmm. And you know, so it's—is it, it sad? It is absolutely, but it's the nature of the beast. And as in twenty, you know, things have changed so much in the last five years, at least here. What's it going to be like in twenty years? So you know, you want to continue to have something where people can be connected to agriculture Mm -hmm. and, you know, hopefully, you know, Shannon and I, we didn't grow up on farms. So we're also trying to, you want it higher end also, but sometimes that can sound like more expensive, but we also, like you said, we want to have kids events there. We want to continue to um, inspire the community that agriculture is a viable thing for hopefully their kids to get involved Mm -hmm. in too. Yeah. Cause it is, it is a very important thing. So yeah. And I think, you know, a part of this farm is like becoming a more integrated part of the community. Like for us at our home farm, because it was where our home was, there were a lot of reservations about opening it up to the public or making it so public in a way that would either turn off neighbors or mm-hmm. it's just there's so we we do we have neighbors at this current farm, but mm-hmm. not nearly what we have here. So um we're just really hoping to create a beautiful space. Is this like a big, is it a risk for Judd and I? 100%. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. <laughs> but Judd and I generally are very risky and we've always kind of just bet on ourselves and felt really comfortable. But I mean, it's not risky to the point like where we're financially putting ourselves in trouble with the, the kind of the goal for us was we will purchase an extra farm if the yearly payment on that farm, we could pay from our home farm profit. So if the home farm can pay for the new farm as is, so I don't grow a single thing on that new property and it all burns down to the ground and nothing happens over there, we could still afford it. Mm -hmm. That, that was kind of the main thing for us. And so we were at the point where the, this home, our home farm was doing very well and good enough where we could make a sizable payment on a really beautiful extra experience farm. And I think that's kind of where that's Judd and I's, that's Judd and I's plan. Like this is, this is where we're going to be. Like we're, we're investing in this. We're going to make it better year after year. This is where, this is where it not ends. I mean, I hate saying that. I wouldn't even say it's where it ends, but this is. This is where our business is is, is pointed towards. us mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like we were saying, it's just like the people they want to experience it and they want to experience you and they want to they want to be a part of it. And it's just like super important for us. Like I said, when we started out on, you know, we just bought this where we had everybody had was 
diapers and bottles. Yeah. And we didn't know if anybody was interested in buying flowers. We never had this dream. You know, we even went to uh, visit uh, Sunny Meadows mm-hmm. when we first started and they were talking about greenhouses and stuff like that. And we're like, no way. Oh, we're, we can't even think employees about Employees never, we'll never have all that. <laughs> and it's just like, you honestly, you don't know where life will take you and where your, where your dreams will mm-hmm. go. You know, your dreams today are different than they were five years ago. And for us, I... I, I like to divert to diversify. Mm-hmm. It's just no different than investing your your income and your money. Is you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket. I mean, COVID told taught us mm-hmm. so much about how things could change quickly, and you know, like just like that, you know, people everyone was shut down and people had to adapt. And I even think with COVID, I think a lot of people ex- appreciate. You know, there's like a newfound appreciation for going and experiencing mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. with with friends and stuff so yeah anyways yeah so it's just like if so I, I i just get concerned if all your eggs are in one basket with your income like if you only sell to a florist you know when covid hit yeah all the weddings were canceled mm-hmm. you know so it's good to have different avenues mm-hmm. you know even for us like our grocery stores you know it's not our biggest it's not our biggest money maker but mm-hmm. it, it keeps our employees busy and it's another way to diversify our income yeah. for the yeah. greater good. Yeah. So, and I know a lot of you are kind of in the beginning stages of your business or you're thinking, okay, like when I, I want, all I want to do is I want to get to where this can be my full-time job, mm-hmm. you know, and that's so fun and amazing. And it's so, I'm so excited for you, you know, and I really encourage you, like sometimes when we're in our businesses, it's hard to think like beyond. Mm-hmm that year or that crop plan or the spring crop plan or whatever it is. And that's one thing that, you know, Judd and I have always been big dreamers. You know, we always are dreaming of what the next phase would look like or how can this one thing that worked, like how can we make it bigger and better and, you know, make the customer experience better with this one thing, you know. So we're always kind of looking to to really grow that piece. And we've really listened to our customers and we've listened to our guts mm-hmm. over time. And it's always told us to keep going. No hate on dogs or anything, but dogs generally eat the same food every day mm-hmm. forever and ever. And they're excited about that. But people aren't like dogs. I feel like sometimes you kind of have to evolve a little bit ahead of your customers to continuously give them new, new ways to experience the same thing. You know, mm-hmm. that's why, that's why cooking shows are so popular because, you know, people <laughs> yeah. are always trying to spice things up a little different and like, you have to do that for your customer. I feel like if you just continuously don't evolve with your customer and their needs, then they're going to quite quit on you and mm-hmm. they're slowly going to go away. And you just, you just have to continuously improve. It's no different than you as a person. You always have, you always have to continue to be trying to be the best version of yourself that you can mm-hmm. be. So to, for me, it's just like that, like that with farming, yeah. you know, you know, th- we could, we could have this event barn and nobody could want to get married in. I don't think that's going to be the case, that's not the case but, but yeah. it could happen, mm-hmm. yeah. but we didn't just do buy this property just for that. Right. Or just for the, you pick mm-hmm. or just for the, you know, the uh, workshops. Yeah. And it's like, would this property have been, would it have been as desirable to us if it was only 15 acres and nothing else? Probably not. I, I don't know. It just it had like all those missing pieces and parts. And if you really look at your business, I encourage you to kind of write down like where do you feel pain in your business? For us, tuber storage was a big one. We're maxing it out. We want to grow that side of the business, but it's stifling that side of the business because we don't have heated 
or good storage area that's not lugging thousands of crates into our basement. That that could not yeah. be done anymore. So it's like really think about like where are the where are the things in your business that that are hurting or or you know disabling the growth in your business and um, figure out like how you can fix those problems. And that's one thing Judd and I have always done. We've felt the pain points and then we tirelessly figured it out until it got fixed so that we can continue it growing. And um, I just really encourage you to kind of like look at your businesses. Sometimes it's hard to take a bird's eye view of what it looks like, but just have a have a clear vision for your business and listen to your gut. If you want to grow your business in in a in a flower farming world where, you know, kind of the small farm is very glorified, it's okay to dream bigger. And I hope that this kind of gave you a little bit of inspiration and just yeah. encouraged you. Don't be the limiting factor in your business. Yeah. Don't be the one that says, you know, well, I can't do this or I can't like I, you just have to have a, a pulse to your customer as to what your your customer wants and what they need from you. And that's very important. Okay. So did we cover it, you think? I, I hope so. <laughs> I hope, you know. I think so. And you know what? I'm going to be sharing with you guys, you know, through this year, I'm sure all the ups and downs that come from from the new farm. And I can't wait to, I can't wait to get in there and just, and get going with it. So obviously we have a lot of work cut out for us. <laughs> we have a, a lot of work and, yeah. but it's, it, it's not like intimidating to us where it's like paralyzing us. You know, you just got to continuously try to do the it's best invigorating. you can. It's invigorating. It is. And, you know, you're just one person and, and you just got to do the best you can. Okay. So thank you guys. I really hope you got something out of this. And if you like this episode, can you share it with your friends? I really hope it helps you dream a little bit bigger, which is always our goal is to keep encouraging you to just create the farm of your dreams. Okay. Hey, follow us over at Dirt on Flowers. That's our Instagram handle. Every Sunday, we we post like a little question box that gives us an opportunity to hear directly from you what it is that you guys want to hear from us. It helps us come up with episode ideas and it really does just help us keep a pulse on what you guys need from us. Thank you so much for being here. We hope that you love today's episode just as much as Judd and I love doing it. So we'll see you at the same time, same place next week. 